This episode of Drive is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Aora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'm Leila McKinnon, and welcome to Drive, a podcast about driven women delivering in their chosen fields in partnership with Uber Eats for a second year. Each week, I speak to strong and passionate women who are leading their lives their way. I've been a journalist for nearly 30 years, and I've interviewed some of the biggest celebrities in the world. But along the way, I've discovered that the most interesting stories often come from people who we've never or very rarely heard from before. Beck Neist has had a remarkable trajectory from Brisbane schoolgirl to Harvard Business School to eBay, Google and now Uber Eats, where she's the head of restaurants in Australia. I spoke to her about taking the worry out of decision making, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, and working with people and companies that excite you. Beck Neist, welcome to Drive. Beck, thanks for joining us. You're the head of restaurants for Uber Eats in Australia and New Zealand. It's a pretty disruptive business. It's a booming business. It's a huge role. What does it involve? I obviously lead our restaurant teams for Uber Eats and sort of our goal there is to, you know, really make sure that Uber Eats is the most compelling platform for restaurants to use to grow their business. Obviously, consumers are really focused on having a wide range of restaurants when they're using online food delivery platforms. And so for us at Uber Eats, that means we want to be an amazing partner to restaurants to, you know, have as much selection on the platform as possible and making sure that restaurants are having an amazing experience in partnering with us. Day to day, that means I sort of lead several teams who partner with restaurants. That can be, you know, your big international brands, your kind of local favourites and local heroes, down to your sort of mum and pop stores that you might visit on a regular basis. So my teams work with all sorts of restaurant partners. We also lead some operations teams that work on sort of the analysis and strategy and how we can improve our proposition. Yeah, that's sort of a sense of what I do. As the head of restaurants, do you find yourself, A, making it a better experience for the restaurateurs and B, putting out fires from people who have gripes? Yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, all of that. So one thing we're very focused on is making sure that we're always listening to restaurants. And I'm really focused on that as well. So meeting with restaurant partners or bringing them into the business to hear their feedback and figure out what we can do to act on that or what that means for us and how we can improve the experience. The other week we had, you know, a really successful restaurant partner, Frango's, who's doing amazing business with us, come in and tell us what's going really well, but also what we can do to improve. And then I work with the various teams to figure out, okay, some of these challenges are really, really hairy. How can we actually progress this for our partners? And that can be more long-term. And then absolutely day-to-day firefighting is a big part of the job as well. When things go wrong, when we see unexpected changes in demand or the industry, big example for everyone is COVID this year, which had a lot of impact on the restaurant industry and we really needed to sort of help support the industry. So a lot of just jumping in and, and acting really quickly and and working with the various teams to do that. So what would you say is the, your sort of top two or three skills that you have to have in your job, the things that you have learnt or have to work on the most? Is it being adaptable or what would you say? 
I guess in my job, I think leading people and really enabling people and helping them do their best and focus on the right things, figuring out for the challenges of our customers, what are the skills that we really need, who in the business have got those skills and bringing those people to work on those problems. When we need new skills, bringing new skills into the business and developing people, I'd say big picture that has been a really important part of my job, especially as we've grown as a business at Uber Eats. When I joined, it was a really young business, almost a startup, and we've matured and become much bigger over time. I think focus, you know, you mentioned firefighting in technology businesses that move so quickly. There's so many different things we can do. There's so many different things coming at us. Being able to keep an eye on big picture, what's important, try to bring some focus to what we're doing to make sure that we're progressing and not just sort of constantly constantly firefighting and switching from here to there is is another important skill, I'd say. I just want to take 20,000 steps back to Brisbane. You're a Brisbane girl. I find, you know, also being from Brisbane, we pop up everywhere. What do you think stood you in good stead when you went to take on the world, to study in America, to get involved in the tech world? What about being an Australian or being a Queenslander do you think worked for you? Yeah, it's interesting because when you go overseas, you also find here, there and everywhere amazing people from Australia, amazing people from Brisbane doing all sorts of incredible things. And it is interesting to think about, you know, what drives that. I had and hopefully still have a sense of adventure. And I think that's true of a lot of Australians who kind of do all sorts of things, including going overseas. And I I guess my approach in some of the decisions that I've made in my career has been balance of having long-term goals and planning, but also being willing to just jump on opportunities as they come. If you see an opportunity, take it. If it's exciting to you and feels good, go for it and don't worry too much about what that... Sort of jumping in feet first. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, exactly. Just go for it. And certainly my decision to go overseas was sort of partly that, I'd say. Right, let's talk about that because did I read that you studied theatre? I did, yeah, yeah. Well, I sort of studied a combination. I did, it like a lot of folks in Australia, a double degree in creative arts where I did a lot of theatre and law and then ended up sort of not really practising law or creative arts (laughs) and going a totally different path into consulting and then into business. Certainly back in high school wouldn't have been the path I've expected, but I've really enjoyed where I've ended up. Unexpected, but very exciting so far. It's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes that meandering or purposeful meandering as a young person, doesn't matter what you do, it, it it comes back in the end in some way to help you, doesn't it? I think there's a lot of pressure on young people to be really focused and directed on where they're going, but it's important to explore avenues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'd spent a lot of time studying law and the obvious path would have been to go and practice as a lawyer, but I also saw through my studies and as I got closer to it, I'd imagined, you know, growing up in the 90s, watching all these like law shows and things, I'd imagined it was one thing. Ali McBeal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And as I got close to it, I realised it was not exactly that in all cases talking to people about what they wanted to do. And I came on an opportunity to to try consulting, which sounded exciting, jumped on that. And that just took me in a different direction. And since then, I've sort of then later going to, to Google or coming to Uber were sort of opportunities that just arose. And I felt 
hey, that looks exciting and that really resonates with me. And so, yeah. It sounds like being really positive and optimistic and backing yourself has been one of the threads throughout your career. Would that be right to say? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people doubt themselves and it's easy to doubt yourself. But sometimes when you're thinking about these opportunities, also like sometimes I've found helpful when you're thinking about doubting yourself to think of yourself as an underdog. You know, you can succeed even if it's challenging or even if it's um, not obvious or that you've got to overcome some barriers to get where you want to go, that you can do it. It's just about really sort of applying yourself and, and going for it and bringing the best that you can. How did going to Harvard come about? Where did that come from for you? And what was it like? I'd imagine it's the major leagues. Yeah, it was fantastic. So that was one of those things I, again, early on wouldn't have expected to go to business school. But as I started meeting people in my career that had done that and and had got a lot of inspiration out of that experience, I thought, oh, yeah, that would be something that's fantastic to do. And so... I went through that process and applied for it and went over there. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic. I think the biggest, some of the biggest things I got from it was just, they're very focused on diversity in business education in the US. And in their classes, they bring you together in a section, they call it, or a group of 90 people that you spend a lot of time with. But it's a really diverse group of people from all over the world, all sorts of industries and so on, who might have just in some ways really different points of view to yourself. But you get the chance to really understand where they're coming from and realise the value that comes in having so many different points of view in a conversation and I guess to appreciate the benefits of diversity and start to develop more of an ability to empathise or understand different points of view from yours and use that to sort of strengthen your thinking. Is Um, that something that you use in your job now at Uber Eats when you're leading a team and listening to your people? Yes, certainly. I guess there's a a couple of things like in my role, there's the team side, there's also the partner side. So working with our partners, we need to be really empathetic in working with the restaurant industry. We're relatively new to the space. We need to learn from our partners and really take their feedback on board. That ability to to really listen to someone's perspective and and focus on that, I think that's a really important part of that restaurant-facing work. And then, yes, in in working with teams but also working cross-functionally, in my role I've got to work with marketing, with legal, with product, and usually everybody's got a different point of view, sometimes different goals, different barriers and complexities to work through. Those skills definitely are helpful with getting to great outcomes there and working as a team across different kinds of of functions and so on. Where are we going in this space? I'm kind of picturing, are we heading towards just an industrial estate and a kitchen and delivery drivers or will we always have the little restaurants that we can go to or will it be a combination of both? My perspective is that What's what's really succeeding today is a partnership between Uber Eats as a tech platform and, and the restaurant industry. My personal view is that that will always be the case, that we are very much working arm in arm with a thriving restaurant industry and that I can't see it going sort of towards the industrial estate end of things. Where I do think things are going and what we're really focused on is how we actually expand our tech offering to restaurant partners to allow them to 
to meet all the new consumer demand and new consumer use cases that are emerging. Some of those things are, you know, we started off with, oh, it's just a sort of 3P platform, online food delivery, but we've expanded to, okay, restaurants who want to use their own delivery staff can use their own staff for delivery. We're seeing trends in the market around pickup, creating pickup products that allow restaurant partners to meet consumer demand to actually pick up rather than order from home. We're also starting to see restaurants seeing the sort of shift in consumer habits towards delivery, are also building their own channels. So we're working with restaurants to support that as well increasingly. The direction is platforms like Uber Eats becoming broader sort of e-commerce tools or e-commerce platforms that restaurants can leverage in a variety of ways to meet their business goals. Importantly, consumers want to order from restaurants that they know and love. And so for us, it's important to have that broad range. And I think that will continue. And I guess for restaurants too, I mean, they've quite often been stuck with, you know, a table of low spenders for hours and hours. And, you know, in some cases you'd have an early service and a late service, but in this way, they get to sell a lot more product, make a lot more money and still have the tables there for people. Yeah, that's right. Feedback from restaurants is that it it can be really powerful in providing a lot of incremental business for them on top of their core, uh, you know, table service offering, depending on the kind of restaurant. And, you know, that's exciting for restaurants. Now, you have a young family and I've gone through the same thing. I find that people often ask, you know, how do you juggle a family? But it's also an incredibly grounding and maturing experience to go through that I know helped me in my career in some ways. How would you look at the whole experience of being a parent and having a career? Yeah, I mean, obviously, sort of as you allude to a little bit, I'd say it's challenging but fantastic. You learn so much from having children and having a family. And it also just provides a great sense of perspective to what you're bringing to work and how you're working with people and and so on. I've certainly had to learn how to be very efficient, focus on what's most important, juggle and multitask. I think in work that focus becomes really important because I've got a pretty set amount of time that I can spend on my professional life and it's really important to me that I'm also spending the right amount of time in my family life. And so within my work, I've got to get those important things done and this change has really helped me to get better at that. I love being a mum and I love being a working mum. I think that's a source of inspiration to my kids as well. You know, my daughter's really excited about her career and what she's going to do and that's great. But you do also have to manage your energy. When I was at business school, a piece of advice from an amazing professor that she sort of gave to the group as we were leaving when you have a family, you've got to wake up twice. So you've got to wake up, you wake up, you energise yourself to go to work in the morning. But then when you're coming home, that time at home with your family is also really important time that you've got to bring that same amount of energy, if not more to. So on the way home from work, you've got to wake up for the second time and really energise yourself and, and focus. And as I started to work on juggling these two things, building that ability to, to sort of bring that great energy and wake up twice, I sort of really thought back to that. And I was like, that is so true. And that's something I sort of really try to do. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back after a message from our partner, Uber Eats. Uber Eats is proud to support Feed Appeal, who are dedicated to improving the lives of people experiencing hunger or food insecurity. 
The work of Feed Appeal and their partner charities has always been crucial in providing meals for struggling Australians. But since COVID-19, there has been a sharp increase in food relief requests, with many Aussies reaching out to ask for help for the first time in their lives. Throughout the pandemic, Feed Appeal have worked incredibly hard to maintain their vital services and innovate new ways to help those in need. And as part of the ongoing partnership between Uber Eats and Feed Appeal, more than 760,000 meals have been delivered to vulnerable households. If you're looking for help or know someone in your community who is, please reach out to one of Feed Appeal's partner charities in your state at feedappeal.org.au. Welcome back to Drive, where my guest today is Beck Neist. Now, when you look back at your career, what would you say was one of the most challenging moments and how did you get through it? I think one of the most challenging moments early on in our trajectory at Uber Eats was challenging. It was so exciting because the business was growing really quickly. And that's Uh, a challenge in itself, isn't it, when you explode? It is, yeah, exactly. The business was growing really quickly. We were developing a lot of restaurant partnerships that were really exciting, but we just had to move so quickly to keep up with that. I'd say that was challenging. Two things to sort of keep that energy and keep going when it's challenging, I think, is just focusing on the impact, you know, always reminding yourself, even when you're tired and so on, of the impact that you're having for your teams or, in our case, consumers or for restaurant partners and and seeing that positive trend, just focusing on the people around you and really getting energy from each other and and working as a team. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Because when you work as a team, which I also do in broadcasting, it's not just you, is it? That's the thing to remember, that you've got a whole group of people and you're supporting each other. You would have mentioned the word team about 25 times already this morning, so it (laughs) seems like you've got that all worked out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, any individual can only do so much. So it is all about the team and how you work together and how you get energy off each other and and how you complement each other. What would you tell Baby Beck starting out on her career, if you could go back now, what have you learned along the way that you wish you'd known earlier? Probably worry less about the individual decisions. You know, especially in your career, you can really worry a lot about, oh, should I do this or should I do that? But usually like there's only right paths. It's probably not always the case, but there's very few things that you can't sort of turn back from if it doesn't work for you. So just being willing to jump in and not overly stress individual decisions and back yourself to course correct if it's not for you, I would say. That sounds right. I mean, I've never worked in the business world, but I imagine that making a decision is just the first step. You know, that has to be done. Yes. And what's the point in worrying about it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, think about it, but don't stress about it. Just go for it. I think equally important in that is being willing to then course correct. So asking yourself at different times, am I happy in this? Does this resonate with me? Am I pursuing my dreams? And if not, okay, I need to change course and doing that you know, quickly pivoting. And I guess the world's full of opportunity. It's full of amazing opportunity. So any one decision only has so much weight, if that makes sense. And what would you give Baby Beck a pat on the back for looking back? What did you do that now you sort of think, wow, that was pretty good? I think I was pretty, as I said, adventurous about going for what I wanted to do, if that makes sense. And fearless in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Not worrying maybe worrying, but even in spite of like, oh, 
I might not be able to do that or, oh, that might not work out. Just being like, well, that's what I want, so I'm just going to go for it, give it my best shot and see how it goes. And the other thing I'd say is I always wanted to, or I pretty quickly, I think, developed an interest in working for great companies, like companies that I admired or going to, I guess, great institutions. And that, you know, companies like Google that, you know, everybody in some ways kind of looks up to and and being like, yeah, I'd really like to see the inside of that and how it all works. While that's not for everyone, like not everyone is going to love big companies or things like that. For me, that worked well, I think. I just learned so much and got so much out of going to companies that I thought were doing exciting things and that were known for having best practices in certain areas. You know, in my early career, that ended up serving me really well because then I I learned a lot from how they do things that I could then sort of take into later roles. That feels like something that worked well, I think. It's almost like finding your tribe, isn't it? Finding your people, the people who are working at things that excite you. Yeah, yeah, totally. I normally do a lot of hunting around, researching people (laughs) that I'm going to interview, and there is not much on the interwebs about Beck Nice. You have a very sort of faint digital footprint, either that or my research skills have um, <laughs> have haunted me. And now I'm a bit worried that working in tech, you know something that I don't. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> no, not so much working in tech. It's interesting that you say that. Like, although I really enjoy, you know, working with big teams and so on, I'm actually like quite an introverted person, which it's kind of a strange dichotomy in a way. So, As a person, I'm like quite introverted, a little bit maybe camera shy and things like that. And so I'm not someone who has necessarily gone towards opportunities to be really, you know, vocal and and that sort of thing. But I kind of, I wish that I was. I'm I'm actually so inspired by leaders or even colleagues who are really vocal and out there in sharing their perspectives. I love, for example, reading what people have to say on LinkedIn, where there's all sorts of interesting thoughts that people are sharing. And I actually find that really inspiring. And I I would love to and hope to sort of, I guess, be a bit more present, um, as you say, in the online conversation. Well, you do have an incredible story and you do have a lot to share and you're one of those inspiring people. So I think the world needs (laughs) to hear from you more often. (laughs) I hope I haven't put you off. No, absolutely not. (laughs) All right. We look forward to hearing more about you in the future. We'll be watching your career with interest back. Nice. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. Drive is a future women podcast made in partnership with Uber Eats and it's produced by Bad Producer Productions. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode and we'd love it if you could leave a rating and review as it really helps us to reach more people. We'll see you next week. Mm